The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, mama. Talk is me. All right, welcome to Talk is Jericho. And I am... I'm the king of the podcast world. And you're my podcast queen or king. That's right, the remedy for boredom has arrived, and let's go for a ride with Vicky Guerrero, the wife of the late, great Eddie Guerrero, aunt to Chavo Guerrero Jr., and most importantly, one of the best heat-generating heel characters in WWE history. Man, I'll tell you what, Vicky gets so much heat when she picked up the microphone and started talking, you couldn't even hear her. And we're going to get into all of that, especially since she came into pro wrestling a little later in life and sort of by accident, by necessity, actually. She just retired last year. She's back in school working on a degree. She's doing great. And that's actually why it took us almost a year to get this interview done, her school schedule. But we finally made it happen in Houston, where she's living now. We talked a lot about Eddie, their early days together, his days in the ring, and his final days before he passed. Vicky was also very close to Nancy and Chris Benoit, has some thoughts about what happened with them, the horrible tragedy with with Chris Benoit and Nancy and their family. We'll get Vicky on the mic here. She's got a lot of stuff to say, and like I said, she's such a sweet, sweet person. Really glad we're able to hook up, and I'm really glad you're here with me. How the hell are you, Jericho-holics? I appreciate you listening to this show two times a week, and I appreciate the great sponsors of Talk is Jericho who make this happen so you can listen to it two times a week for free. And of course, big thanks to all of you for supporting my great sponsors and this podcast. I know you got hundreds and thousands of podcasts to schwaz from, and I appreciate your schwaz in mine. And you know, the easiest way to help out TIJ is to use my Amazon links wherever you do your online shopping, alright? You just go to podcastone.com, you click on the Keep Our Podcast Free band at the top of the page. I know people hate when I say that, so I'm going to say it again. Page. Then hit the talk is Jericho button. Every time you use one of my Amazon links, Amazon kicks back a couple bucks to the show to help us cover production costs all across the globe. Eh? Amazon USA, Amazon UK, Amazon Canada. Hey, I got links for all of those. You get all kinds of cool stuff on Amazon. You get the Cheech and Chong movies, Up and Smoke, one of my favorites. Have you heard the Cheech Marin interview on Talk is Jericho from a few weeks ago? It is amazing. It's a must hear, a must listen. How about the Gene Simmons? You buy the Gene Simmons Kiss solo record. 
You can buy his other solo record, Asshole. I don't know uh, if it was a great seller or not, but it's out there. Gene, tremendous on talk is Jericho, one of my favorite guests. Don't forget about Paul Stanley. You can get the Paul Stanley Face the Music, A Life Exposed book. Uh, Kiss going on tour very soon in South America. And, of course, Fozzie will be joining them on the Kiss Cruise. You can get uh, Shawn Michaels' book, Wrestling for My Life, The Legend, Reality, The Faith of a W Superstar. So many books to get. Fozzie's latest record, Do You Want to Start a War, is on Amazon. Also, how about my new DVD, The Road is Jericho. Uh, it's just sweeping the nation. Rare matches and behind-the-scenes stories. And behind-the-scenes stories are talking about uh, all those things as well. My third book. The latest book, the third New York Times bestseller, the best in the world at what I have no idea. Anything you want, buy whatever you want. But listen, the most important thing is when you use those Amazon links, it's not going to cost you anything extra. No hidden fees or extra challenges. So if you happen to do some online shopping, I want you to do it through Amazon and help out the show and process. You go to podcastone.com. You click on the Keep Our Podcast free banner at the top of the page, UAG. Then you hit the Talk is Jericho button and you bookmark those so you can get all those links in one easy click. And listen, I've, never, I've said it a couple times already, I'll say it again, April 14th, I am co-hosting the 10th Annual Podcast Awards in Las Vegas. You need to come join me. And if you want to come join me, do it through Vegas.com and use my promo code Jericho. If you want to come and see what happens, all you guys who nominated Talk is Jericho for an award, and uh, maybe you've been voting for Talk is Jericho to win an award, maybe I'll go home a, a double winner. Maybe I'll go home as the host and the podcast award winner. Each one is so cookie. Uh, I'll be co-hosting with Emily Morris. Her podcast is called Sex with Emily. It's also up for an award. Going to be a good time tonight. Going to be a good time tonight. Rock and roll music make you feel all right. Yeah, I'm hosting them podcast awards. So go to Vegas.com and check it out. Uh, Vicky Guerrero coming up. It took us a year to make this happen because she's been so crazy working in the WWE. And then she retired going back to school. Uh, she had a lot of homework. She was working. She's a very, very busy lady. We are able to work out a date, sat down down in Houston at a, at a live event, and you're going to hear that amazing conversation coming up very, very shortly. But talking about amazing conversations, it was the very first episode of Live with Chris, Chris Jericho, Live with Chris Jericho, the, the first episode of Live with Chris Jericho on the WWE Network uh, aired this past Monday with my guest John Cena, and it was awesome. You know, it's funny. I want to clear up a couple things about this. Uh, I, I know that before... Uh, a couple months ago, Steve Austin did a couple shows on the network and then ran that audio on his podcast after. That's not what I'm doing. Uh, this is an exclusive show specifically for the WWE Network. That's the way I wanted it. Uh, Talk is Jericho is its own brand, its own entity, and Live with Chris Jericho is also its own brand and its own entity. No reason to cross the streams. Uh, if you're uh, talking Ghostbusters terms, which my old buddy Zack Ryder would understand. My point is, why dilute it? Why have a show that's going to be on the network and some people will watch it and other people go, I'll just wait to hear it uh, when it comes on Talk is Jericho and vice versa. Well, why should I get the network? You know, uh, why should I listen to Talk is Jericho? I already saw it on the network. You know what I'm saying? I want to keep it two separate things and that's what we're going to do. So if you want to see or hear uh, the John Cena interview 
live with Chris Jericho. You have to get it on the network exclusively. But it's funny because I know Steve set the tone by asking the, the, the hard questions. And I mean, yeah, there were some hard questions, but it was just mostly conversations and that sort of thing. And I did the same with Cena. I mean, everybody here who listens to talk is Jericho knows how I conduct my interviews. I'm about people having a good time. I want people to walk away going, that was my favorite interview I've ever done. I know what it's like to get asked the same questions. I know what it's like when people try and uh, you know get some content controversial answers and that sort of thing and i think the conversation was amazing and, and most of you do as well a lot a lot a lot a lot of great uh, feedback from the conversation and people are saying it sounded like two old friends having having a talk with each other and that's what it was i mean i've known cena for you know 13 years now and as you heard on the on that show uh, his first pay-per-view match was against me you know and i actually went to bat for him to uh, with Vince McMahon to let me put him over because I thought he had something special. And we talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about how he was kind of buried when he first came in and his backwards promo that he used to do. And I asked him if he did steroids and, and, and uh, performance-enhancing drugs. I asked him if he was going to turn heel. I asked him if he thought he was being stagnant. I asked him about the feud he had with The Rock and when he called him out for um, having uh, when Rock had his promo written on his arm. And yet still people were bitching and complaining, you didn't ask the hard questions. You know, you didn't ask the, the, these are softball questions. And I'm like, what did you want me to ask him? You know, I mean, what am I supposed to say? What is your uh, thoughts on the current political system in the United States? Or what are your thoughts on religion? You know, um, I mean, what did you want? You know, uh, who, why did you bury Nexus. I mean, I could have asked that, but the conversation never went that way. I run my, my, my shows like a conversation. And this is not Oprah. I'm not out to, to, to get anybody and to, you know, put people in, in, a, in a tough position. Um, but what kind of hard questions was I supposed to ask? You know what I mean? And I think we had a conversation that delved in some pretty, uh, you know, kind of pristine areas. Uh, some areas that you don't usually talk about. I mean, I know when I got asked if I'd ever done steroids on and off the record, it was like, well, that's kind of a personal question. It does kind of put you on the offensive a bit, but whatever. It's like I know how I like to run my shows, and I think you guys like to listen to them because we've done over 70 million downloads on Talk is Jericho, and that's why this brand name to me, Talk is Jericho is very sacred, and I want to keep it exclusively to Talk is Jericho. But why not create another brand? You know how I am. I'm all about creating uh, a whole media empire. So let's put a show on the WWE Network as well. And plus, I'm still going to be doing interviews for Talk is Jericho backstage in the WWE locker room and getting the, the, the type of answers and the type of conversations and the fun. I mean, I'm all about fun, as you guys know. And if you don't like it and you want the hard-hitting questions, then don't listen to the show. I mean, it's quite simple. It's funny how there's been this big Twitter war over the last little bit uh, from a lot of people kind of uh, revolting against Chris Jericho because I said I like Roman Reigns and I said that don't you know don't act up at, at the Hall of Fame ceremony and you know uh, all this sort of stuff. And listen, I just do my thing. I've been the same person that I've been for the last 20 years. I've worked for the WWE since 99. And you're talking about a corporate shill. Hey, listen, man, who, with all the suspensions that I've had and fines that I've gotten for doing things wrong, getting yelled at, almost getting fired, don't tell me that I'm a corporate shill. 
All right. You don't know what a corporate shill is, you know, when you've been suspended for 30 days for kicking a flag in Brazil and, and refuse to take a phone call from your boss. That's not a corporate shill. You know, I turned down a, a, a call from from the WWE office to go in the Royal Rumble this year. If I was a corporate shill, that would mean I'd be like, thank you, sir. May I have another? I do my thing. If you like it, welcome. Yeah, you are a fan and a friend and, and part of the family forever. If you don't like it, thanks for all the time that you listened. Thanks for all the time you are on board with me and have a great life, and I hope to see you again someday. That's the best I can do. I'm not going to change who I am. Uh, and I don't understand why people think that somehow that podcasts need to be some kind of a hard-hitting, you know, um, revealing the layers of the soul to me i treat a podcast like the like i said like the tonight show man you you see people on there you exchange some funny stories you have a few laughs you have a good time you move on that's what a podcast is to me and i think uh, some people have kind of misconstrued the meaning of what a podcast is where you're supposed to ask somebody you know how big their penis is or you know, if they've ever uh, driven through a stop sign or if they've ever, you know, eaten a couple grapes before they got to the, the checkout line in the grocery store. You know, grape stealer, you're a grape stealer. These are the hard hitting questions. Like I said, man, I do the best I can all the time. And I don't even know why um, there's any issue. I mean, I really enjoy the conversation with John because he's my friend and we had fun talking about a lot of different stuff. And it was exactly what I hoped for it could be. I hoped it to be, and more. And I'm excited. And guess what? For all those that you, you guys that enjoyed the show, there will be more. Live with Chris Jericho is going to be a thing now. Is this a thing? Is this a thing? Yes, it's a thing. And for those of you that didn't like it, you're probably not listening anyways. But bad news: there's going to be more shows. So get used to uh, my interview style. You know, and I guess I wonder if Jimmy Fallon ever got in trouble for not asking the hard hitting questions or Conan O'Brien. Are those type of guys because that's the 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 cloth that I, that I've been cut from. I'll tell you this right now: uh, Johnny Carson is my hero, not Geraldo Rivera, not Oprah. So you're going to get a lot more of a Johnny Carson type element to my show. That's why I do uh, ha- have a lot the bits, you know, the bits that I that I have on Egypt and that sort of thing. I mean, that's because that, that comes right from Johnny Carson. He would always have these characters that came on the show, and I have them on my show as well. So, anyways. Long story short, that was almost a rant there. I appreciate you guys checking out live with Chris Jericho. And good news, it's now a thing. It's it's a new show on the WWE Network once a month, exclusively on the WWE Network. And more good news is that Talk is Jericho is exclusive to PodcastOne.com twice a week, every week. So there's going to be so many more guests coming up. I, uh, I'm really excited about today's guest, Vicky Guerrero. She's going to be killer. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Talk is Jericho. So I'm really excited because I finally were able to work out this uh, this time to hang out with uh, with with Vicky Guerrero. 
one of my oldest friends. I've known you for so long. Years and years. Maybe 20 years or something like that. You're old like I am. <laughs> <laughs> I might have first met you. Did you used to uh, stay in the Plaza Madrid um, in Mexico City? Yeah. Well, it was actually a Hotel San Diego. Hotel San Diego. Yeah. Okay. And that's where, um, you know, when Eddie was training down there, we had yeah. a, a one-bedroom apartment with a floor full of wrestlers, and Shaw was like... <laughs> Nine months old. Wow. And we stayed in the hotel while he traveled. And it was quite a life experience. That's when I knew I loved Eddie to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you moved from El Paso to Mexico City. Okay, because when I first started going to Mexico City, when I met Eddie, he was already living in the Plaza Madrid. So he'd been kind of bumped up at that point. Yes. Yeah, but he, the Hotel San Diego was not... Uh, no, it was crappy. <laughs> but the cooks were good to us. I mean, oh, yeah? Yeah, we got to learn to, uh, to have our own food that we liked, and I learned Spanish there. So you never knew how to speak Spanish? I did, but it was the Spanglish, you know. <laughs> Cholo uh, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, Chola. Yo voy a la store. <laughs> I'll be back ahorita. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. That's how Chavito speaks it, too. Yes. He always claims he can speak Spanish, and he'll be like, uh, uh, there's, a, there's a ghost in here. He's like, I'll explain it. Hey, una pincha ghost. <laughs> You just said the same thing, but you put pincha in front of it. Yeah. You can't speak Spanish. Yeah, and you know? me and Chavita got along so well. Cause we could, oh, yeah, I know what you're saying. You yeah. know, we have a whole conversation <laughs> in our own little code language. <laughs> but you're, but we're, we're here in Houston, and uh, it, it, this is where you are living here because you are one of the few that actually got out of the wrestling business on your own terms, which doesn't happen too often, as you know. And... Yeah. Um, it's funny because this morning I was in the airport. We had an early flight, and you texted me to find out if we're all good for this time frame. Like, I was real. I realized it was like five or six in the morning. I'm like, "What are you doing up?" I, I felt so bad because I was like, "Oh shoot!" It's I was like- I was already at the at the airport, but you were saying that you have homework, uh, and your schedule is really crazy because we've tried to get this together a few times, but yeah, it's been a while. It's almost a year. Almost a year of trying this, and it's yeah. it, it's your school is that. Uh, busy? It's pretty intense. I, I, um, I go online, but my schedule is three classes. So, you know, you put that about 12 hours a, a week. Right. And so usually weekends are my homework time. Okay. You know? So like this morning when I called you, I was getting ready for church. Mm-hmm. And after church, I went home and did some homework and uh-huh. then came here. And then after I talked to you, I would go back to homework <laughs> again. <laughs> so what are you taking? I'm taking, I'm getting my associates in medical administration. Okay. And I've been doing that since the past two and a half years. Mm-hmm. So I had a plan, you know, about three years ago that I was ready to leave, you know, even though I was going to miss inside the ring. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you can't, you can't be in here forever. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I love the business and it was very good to me and it fed my family and, you know, but there's a point where you, you want to do more in life. You know, you want to, I want to be challenged. I wasn't challenged anymore, mm-hmm. you know, and I was coming to work to do homework and I thought, gosh, this is really time for me to go. Cause there's, you know, everyone has their cycle, their storylines come and go and you're hot for six months. And then, you know, you, it goes to where you just kind of sit around and wait for your next chance to mm-hmm. perform and, I've done everything on the show that I could ever think of. It's unbelievable. Yeah, you, had, you were so versatile. Because, you, I mean, you came into it pretty late in, in your life as far as actually being an on-air performer <laughs> here in late, the company, Chris. right? Yeah, I mean, I was, the first time I came to the show, well, not first time to the show, but to work was with Eddie, you mm-hmm. know, during the Ray Mysterio storyline. Yeah, just to be like the concerned wife sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, and it was just backstage when Eddie yelled at me in the car and I drove away with the kids, you know, and the kids could cry on cue and that's what we were like, what have we started here? <laughs> 
<laughs> they were working it already. Yeah, and it was so funny, you know, because, I mean, and we thought that was it. But then when Vince started saying, hey, you know, let's bring, you know, raise, you know, family and, and the girls and Vicky out and let's put them on the ring and, you know, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, what are we, what are we started here? Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was fun. I mean, you know, the girls have always been performing, like, for cheerleading mm-hmm. teams and, you know, it's like your kids, you know, always in activities. Sure, doing so stuff, yeah. They, I think because they saw me and Eddie out there, they were fine, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they were good. I mean, I think they kind of inspired me, you know, when I watched them, I'm like, okay, let's go do this. <laughs> did you ever do any kind of performing or acting? I did. Okay. I, was a, I was a cheerleader in high school and college, and mm-hmm. I was uh, in band, and, and I, I danced for a baseball team, you know, in El Paso. Yeah. Those Diablos. <laughs> so <laughs> I was used to crowds, but... Not to where there's TV, you know, and, and a magnitude this big, you know, mm-hmm. for WWE. And then for Eddie to do things right so he wouldn't yell at me, you know. <laughs> He's such a perfectionist. So, How did you meet Eddie? You're talking about being a cheerleader and everything. Um, well, actually, I met Eddie on a blind date. My best friend knew his best friend. And uh, she was like, hey, you know, my friend has this guy that, you know, we can, you know, say we all hit it off. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> let's go to a nightclub. Yeah. If I don't like him, I can go dance with someone else. <laughs> right. And I met Eddie, and it was like we hit it off. And I even broke curfew that night Uh-oh. Uh, just to uh, spend more time with him. And we met in El Paso. And the funny story is my dad, my grandfather used to uh, own a leather store. Mm-hmm. And he used to make Eddie's dad's robes and boots. And boots. No kidding. And me and Eddie used to play in the playpen when we were one and two years old. Really? Yes. So when my family found out that I was dating Eddie, they're like, oh, we know the Guerreros. And they used to come to my grandfather's leather shop and get all Mr., um, you know, get all the, all the wrestlers, you know, jackets and boots and whatever my grandfather made for them. It was like totally meant to be a faithful thing. Yes. Now, did you know of the Guerrero family? Nothing of it. Really? No, I mean, I, I hated wrestling mm-hmm. <laughs> because my brothers loved it. And when I started dating Eddie, my brothers thought he was the coolest boyfriend I ever had. I know, like, let him stay. And they started watching wrestling and eventually I started watching it and getting into it. You know, but I wanted to meet Eddie to meet the Von Erics. I was like my crush. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was a joke between me and Eddie. You know, he's like, you want them or you want me? And I'm like, I'll take you. <laughs> How old were you guys? Um, I was probably, I was 18. So Eddie was he, he's same same age. Yeah. He must have just been starting. Yeah, out. he was a year. He was like a few months older than me, but um, he was working in Waters. Waters, at yeah. The time, yeah. So. His father was still alive at that point right, in time, his, right? And he was still promoting in Waters in the Coliseum. Okay. So it it was really you know I just walked into you know the family business being strong and mm-hmm. you know El Paso, but I never had interest in going to the wrestling shows or. You know, I was I was the dancer and the right. you know cheerleader and. So when when you guys started to date and Eddie's just starting to wrestle, what was his first kind of, I guess, break? Would that be when he went to Mexico City? Yeah, he wanted um, when he was in Juarez. There was opportunities to go to Triple AAA, mm-hmm. you know, and to go uh, spend time with them, and he would go back and forth, and and then me and Eddie. Uh, well, Eddie got me pregnant, and mm-hmm. so we got married really quick <laughs> by, by the orders of his da- of his dad. Really? <laughs> yeah, his dad was still alive whenever uh-huh. um, when I got pregnant, and that was in January. We found out of, of uh, 1990. Yeah, because he passed away like in 1990 later yes. on, right? Yes, uh, oh. he his dad passed away a week before our wedding. That's right. Okay. And we were almost going to have our ceremony at, in the hospital so his dad could be a could part see of it. it. And we were going to do it that Friday, and his dad passed away on Thursday. 
But his dad gave the orders, even as an older yeah. guy, that you yeah. are going to get married. Oh well, well, son, what are you going to do? Uh-huh. And, you know, they had this dinner with my parents and his mom and dad. And what are you going to do, son? He goes, "Well, I'll marry her, dad." And he goes, "That's good word, son." <laughs> <laughs> his dad was so wonderful. And really? Just, yeah, he was a great guy, and he sided with me, so I was even better. <laughs> uh, tell, tell us, because I mean, Gorgoro, obviously, a very legendary guy, and there's not a lot of people. Uh, that that can say that they knew him, and you knew him as, like you said, as the daughter-in-law. So yeah. so sweet guy, nice guy, stern, mean, beautiful really? heart. Yeah, yeah. They said he was meaner when he was younger, mm-hmm. but I, um, you know, he was already sick, you know, and he wasn't doing very well. So I got probably a good year of to well probably like a good four months to really get to know him because he was home a lot, mm-hmm. and um, it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, he was funny and he loved to watch shows and. Um, of course, you know, I, I experienced him going to the hospital and mm-hmm. helping his mom out. And his mom was just an angel She's to me. She's the best, Linda. She, yeah. yeah, she taught me so much about how to be a good wife for a wrestler. Really? You know, and how to tell me the good, the bad. Interesting. Yeah, because we lived with her, you know, when we got married because we were broke. <laughs> <laughs> we were so broke. But it was good, though. I mean, she helped me with shawl, you know, when she was a baby. And um, she taught me how to cook. She taught me how to speak Spanish. She helped me um, buy my wedding dress and wadas. She bargained with the ladies over there. She was a fighter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She I, lo- I love the, what you said about how she gave you advice on how to be married to a wrestler. Because it's a different, it's a different uh, set of rules as far as being gone and being apart all the time and that it sort is. of thing, you know? Well, yeah, because, you know, I mean... A normal couple of dates, and they have the same job in the same city, and you know they they see each other every day. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know when Eddie would travel, it'd be two three weeks. Mm-hmm. You know that he'd be gone, and it kind of started affecting me. And she's like, "We need to talk if you guys are going to be serious." You know, and she sat down, said, "If you're going to do this, you have to do it all the way. You have to accept him for everything that's going to come with this business. Mm-hmm. There's going to be the injuries. There's going to be, you know, him being gone for months." You know, and you never know when he's going to be done with that tour, you know, for him to come home. And you're going to be the one who takes care of the kids and to um, be the one who takes them here and there and do the carpool. And you're the single parent. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. I was like, it can't be that bad. You know, like this is, you know, because I was working. Eddie was in Wada, so he was, you know, I think Wada shows were like Thursdays and Sundays. Mm -hmm. So he worked. Mars is just across the border from El Paso. From his house, it was 10 minutes. Okay, yeah. So it was perfect, you know. So um, when he started traveling, it all started making sense of what she would tell me. Mm -hmm. And she was, she is a wise woman. I mean, she had so much knowledge and strong woman, Mm -hmm. you know, to put up with all her sons. Well, yeah. That's a yeah. crazy family, the Guerreros. <laughs> that's you know? not even, a, that's not even a, the right word. <laughs> is, there, is there a word for? Is there a bigger word for crazy? Super uh. nuts. Um, but yeah, and, and and you know, I know it too. I mean, have had experiences with with all of them. <laughs> Interesting uh, group of, of of guys. But like you said, when you're dealing with a family that's been in the business their whole life, you know, Gory was there since 1930, and here we are in 2014. Mm-hmm. You know, you just got out. I know Shaw is not going to be doing. It. So, you know, I don't know if Mondo, well, Chavito still works. Yeah, you know, Chavito I mean, does um, the 
uh, Lucha Underground right Yes, now. and maybe his sons will get into it. I don't know, but like, will the family tradition continue along? I, I hope so, because his sons have the Guerrero name. You yeah. know, so that would be kind of nice. You know, I have girls, so yeah. of course, you know, Shaw's going to get married and her name will change. And, right. You know, and um, I'm not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I mean, I'll always be a part of the family. Let me ask you a question. I was going to ask this before when you said you're not coming back. How was it for you? Because uh, you left maybe a year ago? I left June. J- last June. June. Okay. Of, uh, so. so when you're finally gone... And now, I mean, I know times when I've been gone, it's like you actually become a real person again. Like, you know, uh, hey, we're having a barbecue on, you know, Monday or (laughs) Sunday. Like, no one's inviting me. Well, we didn't think you were ever available. Well, usually you're not. But now you actually can be a part of society again. Yeah, it was was an adjustment, Mm -hmm. you know, because you're used to, you know, traveling the house shows. You know, you leave on a... Friday, come back on Wednesday Did you morning. work a lot of the house shows? I did. Wow. I did, you know, and so you come home, you know, Thursday, Friday, leave all and do it all over again. So when I came home, I it took a little bit of adjustment to be still mm-hmm. and, and throw my suitcase away. Yeah. You know, actually like, unpack it for once. Yeah. And, and not have it sitting on my bedroom floor, you know, reminding me that there's another, yeah, you know, trip coming, coming up. Yeah, or checking for your flight. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really enjoying my life. Mm-hmm. I, I'm blessed, you know, because this job was so good to me. And it, it showed me confidence. And it showed me that I could do something out of my element that I never thought I could do. Yeah. And um, and so, in, and then now, you know, going to school and and finding a job, you know, someone actually hired me. And I, I passed all their exams. And I... I went through four interviews. And they're hiring you because you're qualified for the job, I not am. because you're a TV yeah. star. Vicky and they knew Guerrero. nothing about me before. Yeah. You know, they knew nothing that I was a wrestler. Of course, it was on my resume, but they didn't realize the extent of how popular I was. Mm-hmm. So they thought it was just, you know, I was just part of an athletic team. You know, <laughs> so, but now they know who I am. And a lot of the, I found out a lot of the families are, you know, fans and stuff. But to have this job, I'm so happy. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I work nine to five. Sometimes eight to four. I have weekends off. I'm in my bed every night. You have holidays, yeah. Yeah, I get paid time off. <laughs> I mean, when I think I had July Fourth off, and it was like a three day weekend. I'm like, we have Friday off. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I really. What? It took time to adjust, you know, and then to be able to have a, you know, a social life, and mm-hmm. you know, the girls like, hey, you want to go, you know, have dinner? I'm like. Yeah, I can have dinner. Yeah, wow. Like, I, I am home on a Saturday. This <laughs> yeah. is kind of cool. <laughs> Was it tough um, uh, with the girls? I mean, you're a single parent for real, and being on the road, and your girls were younger at the time, probably in high school or junior high? Yeah, both. Yeah, Sean yeah. was in junior high, and Shaw's in high school. It sucked. Yeah. And it was hard. You get those anger issues, you know, like you're... I was angry that Eddie was gone. Yeah. Because I could have been home, you right. know, and, and I things could have been the way they were. Mm-hmm. But um, I have to thank God because I had good nannies that took care of my girls. So that's what you did. Had nannies I did. I had a, a really good nanny. Well, I went through a few, but the last one I had lasted about two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And she was our, our family. And, oh, okay. You know, and it takes, it takes that support for me to be able to have confidence to go to Europe or to right. go across for the world. Like two weeks or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. And leave and leave my girls, you know, alone. But my girls were, were very well adjusted to the business. They did because they grew up in it. Oh, yeah. You know, so when I left on a trip, I mean, all they cared about was can I have some money and I'll see you <laughs> whenever you get back. Yeah. You know, but they were good kids. You know, they, they knew what I needed to be done and they mm-hmm. knew to stay out of trouble. And, you know, not that they always did, but I mean, as far as grades and not getting in trouble at school, I was really blessed. 
Did you get the, the, the gig? I mean, we talked a bit before about how you were on the show with you know Eddie and, and the Mysterio thing. But then when Eddie passed away, did Vince approach you to give you a job to help? Or how did that, how did that come about? Well, um, I actually didn't need any help. You know, thank God we had life insurance. Yeah. And, um, you know, and we were okay. You know, I knew that I, I wanted to go back to El Paso because we were living in Phoenix. Yeah. We only were in Phoenix for two there. weeks. I remember I mean, we, we went to your house. We were still in boxes. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it was an eye awakening. You know, you had this whole plan ahead of you. And I think you guys were getting ready to go to a, an, um, an overseas Europe, tour. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so as far as like, you know, I kind of disappeared for a year after Eddie passed away. You know, I was just taking care of the girls and adjusting to our new life mm-hmm. and, and moving to El Paso. That was my goal because all my family was there. And we moved to Phoenix to be with Eddie's mom. Mm-hmm. So to be able to do that, you know, when Eddie passed away, it was really important that I needed to get to my dad and where my, my family was, yeah. you know, to have the support. And um, But, you know, I, Johnny didn't approach me until maybe um, July of the following year, so that was 2006. Mm-hmm. And he just said, you know, Ray's doing some stuff. You know, you want to come in and we can, you know, play around with it and see how it is. I'm like, yeah, Johnny, but just, you know, maybe once or twice and then we're good. You know, and he's like, awesome. You know, that's great. And then <laughs> 10 years later, <laughs> I'm still there. <laughs> so it worked out really well, but I sucked. I mean, I sucked so bad out how, there. How did you start? Like, what was your role when you first started? I think it was just, um, um, you know, uh, Chris Benoit was still on the show and Ray Mysterio, and they were doing um, a storyline, but it was more towards Ray, you know. Um, so you were coming on like as a representative of Eddie or Eddie, something? Yeah, okay. I was, it was kind of like, you know, here's Eddie's wife, you know, mm-hmm. and here uh, she's going to, you know, we want to play tribute to Eddie, you know, and remember him and, you know, but remember Ray, you know, you screwed Eddie over, you know, type thing. And I remember they gave me a promo and oh my gosh, Chris, I remember this day. So they gave me a promo and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I went out there and I must look like a deer in headlights. And all I remember is I got through it, uh-huh. came back and Dusty Rhodes put his arm around me in gorilla and say, come here, honey, we got to talk. <laughs> I go, was it bad? He goes, oh, you sucked. <laughs> but, you know, I had a lot we, of... We have a tradition here where I mean, anybody, because uh, there's a lot of guys that have Dusty Rhodes experiences, you have to try and do a Dusty Rhodes imitation. So tell me what he said in your best Dusty Rhodes imitation. Oh, my gosh. Uh, oh, honey, you, you suck so bad. <laughs> But I still love you. <laughs> so, so Dusty took you aside, and what did he try and tell you? Yeah, he just he just told me that you know he just gave me some pointers. He goes, "Be you. Uh-huh. Don't be someone you know that you're not." And um, it took a while. It's, you know, it takes a while to learn to be out there and you know, sure it be does. Confident, get the confidence in what your character yeah. is. You know, but I still had Chavito there by my side, mm-hmm. so I felt like I wasn't alone. Ray was good. I had a lot of people that kind of you know helped me. And everybody was here me. for you. See, Eddie yeah. was such a, a popular guy that when you came in everybody wanted to help you do yeah. good yeah, whatever they, it was they were really good to you know receive me but you know it wasn't permanent then you know mm-hmm. and i don't think i got a contract until september maybe but, but so they have you on the show to kind of you know be a representative of eddie for yeah. ray and then what happens when that angle's over like why are they still keeping you around like, yeah um gosh you know i think from there i went right to um i went to start working with uh edge like it, just things started progressing. It was Edge because um, that's when uh, 
me and Edra kind of like hating each other. And then we, we did a spoof where Vince said, hey, tonight you guys are going to make out, and we're going to show this alliance of you two, you know, actually being behind the scenes of... So you turned heel? I did. Okay. Yeah, I did. Um, and so I loved being the bad guy more than the good guy because, I, honestly, you know, being a face was just like so hard to keep mm-hmm. the crowd happy but being a bad guy i was like oh yeah i like this a lot more and, and you were amazing oh like like that's one thing you know the thing about vince and when we know how smart vince is he must have seen something in you at some point where he was thinking okay she <laughs> can be a heel i don't know what he was seeing right you know i had to believe in him you know yeah. and you know and but to memorize promos was something that wasn't hard for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't get nervous out there. I was nervous to do good for the the guy I was working with. Mm-hmm. That was my objective, mm-hmm. you know, to be on time, to you know, do my spots where I had to. And if I did that well, then I went home happy. You okay. Know? So yeah. that that was that was where my perception was. And then you know, when I could start learning how to manipulate the crowd where they hated me, I just I loved it. I, I mean, mean, you are talking nuclear heat. Like we still, it's like Vicky Guerrero heat. Like you had more heat than a lot of the heels. Like when I was a big heel in 2008, it's like I finally have as much heat as Vicky. She's the top I, heel I in the damn think... place. But the point being is like you were so good at getting under people's skins. People <laughs> just, and then it became the thing to do. Like, you know, people say yes or, or what. The, the thing to do when you came out was just yell so you couldn't even hear you talk i know i remember sometimes the truck would tell me can you we had to turn down your mic because you're so damn loud (laughs) (laughs) but you know that was that was you know you start to enjoy it you start getting your within you know confidence you start getting comfortable yeah and but you know when i worked with edge he showed me so much okay i mean he was just such an angel to me you know like don't stand here you know i need you right here like he told me exactly where i needed to be mm-hmm. and pretty soon you start working so much together i already knew where i had to be you know for whatever he needed you know sure but um, it becomes instinct yeah you know and then you start getting used to the the ring and where my you know my surroundings and i wasn't scared anymore mm-hmm. you know and when i had to do all this you know funny stuff you know like the food fights or you know, the backstage vignettes, I loved it. Yeah. You know, and whatever it is I could do, I wanted to do it well for whoever I was working with. Gotcha. Yeah. How did you come up with the, uh, I mean, it's probably pretty obvious, but excuse me, was your, was your big catchphrase? Well, speaking of like thinking <laughs> I knew how to do a promo, right? I had this huge promo that they changed like 30 minutes before I went out. Mm-hmm. And that's never happened to me before. You know, you, you know, you get like a promo like four or five o'clock. You think, great. I have like, yes. you know, three hours to memorize it. Well, they came and said, hey, we have some changes. And I'm like, well, it can't be that bad. And I was in the wheelchair. <laughs> right. And, so, and why were you in a wheelchair again? <laughs> uh, for numerous reasons. <laughs> I mean, I think I hurt my thumb one night yeah, and I was I in the wheelchair. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I forgot my lines. I was on stage and uh-huh. I just went blank. And um, the crowd just could feel. They knew. They knew ex- that you had forgotten. They knew. They weren't. They weren't dumb at all. Yeah. And they just. You could see people in the front row like throwing fingers. Like you suck, Vicky. You <laughs> suck. And so I just had to regroup and just kind of like, you know, just kind of think about where I was. And I just said, "Y'all just excuse me." And they just like, just you know, uh, were yeah. back at me. And I didn't think anything of it. I finished the promo, and then the next night, I think it was a SmackDown. The writer said, hey, let's try that excuse me again. 
And sure enough, it just it was like my ritual every every time I went out there. That became the thing. Yeah, and it's so funny because even now, like I'll go somewhere and they'll be like, "Excuse me," and I'm like, "Oh God, they're following me." Yes, you hear that all the time, right? Yeah. Do you get recognized a lot? Uh, Here in Houston, I do. Yeah, it's big a big wrestling town, right? It is, and it's really incredible, you know. And they're really nice, you know. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Gosh, you know, we miss you on the show," and I'm like, mm-hmm. "Thank you," you know. But like, it's really good to see you doing something else. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But Houston's a big wrestling town. Oh, it is. And it I remember been. since we've been here forever, you know, just the good, you know, houses that we had, you know. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a, it's pretty uh, interesting. Even some people from my work are coming tonight. Oh, cool. You know, so I'm like, enjoy. <laughs> I've seen enough wrestling. So um, it, it, it's uh, you know, part of the thing, too, when when you were the – because you were the hated heel, the general manager, all the different things you're doing. People would always make cracks about, like, you know, your weight and that sort of thing. How was that? Like, you know, as a woman, as a, as a person, you're playing a character. Was it – did it ever bother you or are you just like, I'm just my well, character? Well, of, of course it bothered yeah. me. You know, I mean, you're a woman that, you know mm-hmm. – you, you know, I worked with girls that were just gorgeous. You right. know, I mean, they had these bodies that were just like a 10, you know. And when I came in, I was working with like Tori Wilson and uh, Stacy was here and Mickey James and Michelle. Mm-hmm. So, and Charmel, you know, like, and, you know, Charmel's the one that just said, girl, you are who you are. Right. You know, and it's not going to be how you look. It's going to yeah. make you your talent. It's what you do out there. But you weren't a diva. You came in here to be a character. Like you. Yeah. That's, like, I was a superstar. Well, yeah. I was very labeled as a superstar. <laughs> I was not in the diva section no, at all. <laughs> but that's because you had this amazing character, you know? But I, I, I was just wondering, like, playing this character, because I remember, like, you know, when I was... A heel and people would chant, you know, asshole at me or something like that. It's like, you know, I See, know. I loved your heat. I was just like, yeah, yeah. I, want, I want Chris heat. <laughs> I want Chris heat. But, you know, I know that I'm not an asshole, but when people chant that at me, it's like, it's almost, okay, it's working. It's a badge of honor. And a lot of people from the outside world will look at that and go, how can you stand there and let people yell at you like that? It's like, well, you don't understand. When you're, when you're in this business as a heel, you want that sort of heat right you know and you know johnny was um you know he was talent relations whenever i was i just started i guess mm-hmm. like the first six years so he you know was pretty much you know i go in there i'm like gosh i don't think i'm gonna do this well and he's like you're doing good kid just yeah, keep yeah, on yeah. he goes they're pissed off at you you're doing good yeah <laughs> and pretty soon you start appreciating that it's not you can't take it personally it's right. it's a compliment because you are getting under their skin because you're playing a great part yeah you know and even like in public they're like you're such a bitch and i'm just like well if you got paid to be one you'd be good too. <laughs> yeah that's right yeah i always used to laugh when people would come up to me and talk like you know we thought you were going to be a real jerk and i'm like you know when anthony hopkins walks down the street he's not wearing a straight jacket and eating people's liver with a fine chianti he's not really hannibal lecter it's just yeah. the part he plays uh, in a movie you right. know the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi, 
I'm here with Vicky Guerrero. We've been talking about your time in the WWE. Uh, what were your interactions like with Vince? Did he help you out quite a bit, or did he leave you uh, to your own devices? Vince was very good. Mm. He, you know, he's always been like a dad to us, to me yeah. and Eddie. You know, him and Eddie had a very special relationship. Yeah. And, you know, when Eddie was jumping with the Radicals to come over to, uh, you know, to Raw, you know, they were talking for, you know, a while. Really? Yeah. You, you mean know. When, when they were coming over from WCW to right. WWE? You know, so, you know, they were already talking and, you know, you know, mm. Eddie would go and, you know, visit with him and they had these meetings and I didn't know what it was all about, you right. know, because even Eddie kept it quiet, you know, because it was such a, a big jump, you know. Yeah. But um, I mean, Vince has just been so loving to me mm-hmm. and he's been such a wonderful person, even Linda and Stephanie. They were just a big instrument in making sure that, you know, I was going to always be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and I always knew when Vince wanted me to do something because he never came to talk to me unless there was something I had to do in the ring. Like it was something like... Like when, a match or something? Or, yeah, like oh. when Rey Mysterio gave me the... the 619? 619 in the wheelchair or, um, <laughs> or when uh, Undertaker was going to tombstone me. He'd be like, Vicky, how's it going? I'm like, oh God, yeah. <laughs> something's going to happen tonight. The equivalent sure for me is, hey, pal. <laughs> Oh, no. He goes, can I speak to you for a moment? I'm like, sure. Go in the ring, and he's going to lead it all out for me. But, yeah, he was he was really good, and he's always been good with the girls. Good, you know, yeah. and, um, and so that's always been that family, you know, relationship. Mm-hmm. And he even told me, I, I, I spoke to him like a year before I left. You know, I had a, this plan that I always wanted to give him the respect to know that that my heart was, you know, it was time to go, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I wanted to finish school and I wanted to, um, you know, be in the medical field. That's always been my dream. And I, I never could do that because I was taking care of the kids, mm-hmm. you know. So um, he, he just told me, he goes, I am so proud of you oh, to yeah. be able to um, to leave and be happy leaving. Mm-hmm. You know, he goes, if you're happy, I'm going to be happy. So just with that, I didn't care what anyone else was saying. That I knew that I was going to be okay because he did deserve that respect. Absolutely. What I was going to. That's good that you told him that. You know, I'm sure he was sad at first because he's losing a hell of a talent. But like you said, he's happy because, like I mentioned earlier, not a lot of people walk out of the business on their own terms. Yeah, that doesn't happen too often. And it was pretty scary. You know, I mean, it's a big jump. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you're thinking, you know, you get this. You know, this paycheck that's, you know, stability every yeah. week. and it's good money. And there's fame and there's, you know, the travel and there's the shows, you know. and But then after a while, you know, that's not who I am, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I wanted to challenge myself and finish school and, right. you know, and, and to be in a, in, in a job that I was going to use my brains, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and be worth something and be an instrument to other people and, yeah and i work with patients now and it's just uh, so compassionate and i i feel i am really in a good place in my life with a great legacy behind you in this yeah. crazy job <laughs> you know and you mentioned you know getting tombstoned by undertaker and i actually remember that now that was in ta- uh, tampa in tampa so That's did you right. do a lot of actual matches or, or I mean there's some physicality you mentioned but did you have matches I did but they were like matches where I cheated half the time yeah I mean I, I did do um, a lot of matches with AJ mm-hmm. and with uh, Kaylin and then it was Edge and um, and Alicia Fox was on the other other side of it um, and Caitlin did know? somebody splash you on your head once or something like that I seem to remember somebody did a splash and kind of landed right here uh, it was Ray Ray did a, a frog splash and um, <laughs> 
I mean, I, if anything could have been done, they thought of it. I mean, yeah, right. I could just imagine what those production meetings are like. What can we do with Vicky tonight? So, so, and obviously we talked, you came into it, you were doing just the character. So when you found out that you had to t- actually take some bumps and do some physicality, how did you prepare for that? Because you're not a trained wrestler. No, I'm not asked for the crash mat. <laughs> I mean, that was the first thing, but you know, I had Chavito, I yeah. had, um, you know, Ray was always there and Ray mm. was just a nervous wreck, you know, <laughs> yeah. and then, you know, Taker, you know, walked me through everything, Yeah, you know, so these guys were just really good guys that took care of me and talked to me mm-hmm. and assured me, um, you know, and, and I always ask questions, you know, I wasn't going to pretend that I knew what I was doing because yeah. I didn't, you know, I'm like, okay, you want me to do this? I need to know step by step and mm-hmm. what, what is it that I need to do and when to be there. And Vince was just such, he was always hands on. Mm-hmm. You know, and he made sure that I was comfortable and, you know, and the guys I worked with and, you know, I remember Teddy Long would just like laugh at me on the side and he'd be like, oh shit, here it goes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, um, I, I do have to give a lot of the credit to the guys around me cause they, care, ma- yeah. yeah. And they made me feel secure and they, and they always egged me on like, come on girl, you can do this. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> but you know, your adrenaline gets going on the show and you get yeah. excited and you're just like, here we go. Did you ever do anything where you did like feel like a, a stiff shot or something where you kind of landed wrong? You're like, oh. They all hurt, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All of them hurt. Yeah, the next morning, you know, I'm just like, oh, God. Yeah, I feel it. Well, I can imagine what you guys mm. feel, but I mean. At least I, we trained for it, though. Yeah. We never and, trained. And I'm sure they, they did a little bit less capacity in the first, like, yeah. a regular guy. Did you ever think, like, when you're out there getting getting this amazing heat, because Eddie was a great heel. Did you ever think, like, what would Eddie be thinking right now? Or how you, would you feel? How you did know, you feel? Being in the ring, I always felt Eddie next to me. Really, I, I picture him on the laying on the ropes, the top rope across. <laughs> yeah, you know, just across sitting, the across crossing, ways, yeah. yeah, and just sitting there laughing at me. <laughs> you know, and I I always felt at peace in the ring. You mm-hmm. know, because this is where Eddie, this is where his love was. Yeah, it's where he thrived. And if and if I could, you know, do a little bit of good, you know, and make and make the company proud to mm-hmm. be that team member, then I knew that he was happy for me too. Right, right, right. Let's talk about Eddie. Uh, where do we start? Such, yeah, where do you start, right? Such a, a, a beloved guy. Like I said, like everybody talks so well about Eddie to this day. Even, I miss him every day. Do you? Yeah. I do, yeah. I do too. It's I do so too. weird. That it seems yeah. like he, it hasn't been nine years. Nine it years. It seems like yeah. maybe last year that he's uh-huh. been gone. Like, it just seems like so long ago now. Did you have any... like? You know, being being married for so long, being together for so long, did did you feel that Eddie was having issues? Like, did you know that something was up, or um, how how was that for you in the last two or three years, physically, mentally, for Eddie? Well, you know, you know, as we all know, you know, Eddie went through his demons, you mm-hmm. know, of being sure. um, of being an addict. So he was sober the last four years, right. you know, before he passed away. And you take that away, you know, you know he's sober, you know that he's not, you know. Um, you know, on the pills or drinking, but you start seeing his injuries come out in a natural way, mm-hmm. you know, his pain and his, you know, hard to walk in the morning. And, you know, and then he starts seeing the doctors cause his back was so messed up. Mm. And there's always that voice inside my head going, are you going to be okay? Mm-hmm. You know, and Eddie was just such a fighter, you know, and he loved to come into work. That was like his medicine. You know, mm-hmm. he loved to, um, perform you know and be there for the fans you know so i i knew as a wife that he wasn't well mm. you know but it, it's it's incredible how you know he was just taken the way he was 
because he ran like three miles that night before. And yeah. He left. Oh, and he really? He went to the gym and he played with the girls. Like he was just like, like just a you know normal yeah. Eddie. You know, so you never think that you know he's really hurting. But there was times where he would just you know his elbow would be swollen or his knee would be so messed up and you know, but he would just get up and keep going. He was like very obsessed. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, for example, I remember because we used to ride together, all of us. <laughs> he loved you so much. Oh, man. <laughs> we had a lot of fun. I remember the one time we were uh, we used to room together, too. And he was like, hey, uh, do you mind if I leave the TV on? Oh, and God, I'm like, I hated that. And I was like, well, no, can you, can you shut it off? He's like, what are you talking about? I said, well, you asked me, like, do you mind if I leave the TV on? Because if it's a problem, we'll turn it off. We'll, we'll turn it off. Well, it's my room, too. Well, I don't want the TV on. Well, I want it on. Well, then why'd you ask me that? Why'd you ask me? Fight, 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 fight. Well, fuck you, fuck you. And then just kind of sit there for a bit. And then eventually turn the TV off. <laughs> but that's when it's like a road, your road family, you know? Yeah. I mean, y'all saw him more than I did. Yeah. You know, you guys get to know him better than I did. Yeah. But I remember when he really got lean in uh, about 98 WCW, 1998. Yeah. He would eat zero carbs. Zero he would do the treadmill or whatever the, the brand of cardio for you know 30 minutes, 45 minutes, then go wrestle a 30-minute match and eat nothing but salads. And he would, you know how he would get, he would like, he would get like, like so hunched over and just be like walking super slow. And I was like, dude, you gotta eat something. He's like, oh, I'm gonna have another salad. It doesn't count. You can't do that. Like, he was a little OCD. Is that, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, I mean, it drove me nuts because yeah. I couldn't have like, a piece of cheesecake or anything in front of me. Well, do you love me? Like, if you love me, you wait till I'm not here to eat that. And I'm like, I want it now. And he'd be like, well, fine, go ahead and eat it. And I'd be like, well, fine, I won't eat it. And he'd, All right, well, I'll just take a little bite. And I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah. so you want some now? But yeah, he was very disciplined. Yes, he, very. You know, but he just took it. I, I always felt that he took it to an extreme, even in his performance. Mm -hmm. You know, he would think he had the most horrible match. And very self-critical oh my gosh and then i look at it and i'm like this was amazing you mm -hmm. know and the people were like on their feet watching these matches and i'm like how could you think that this is a bad match you know he was so hard on himself yeah and it was you know it was sad to see sometimes because he was just incredible he had like a lot of times the weight of the world i found there was two eddies and i'm sure you probably, <laughs> you think, you probably had 10 eddies but <laughs> The one I would see would be a real goofy, funny guy, and then the other side would be like a real intense, you know, uh, constant, like you said, like so super self-critical yeah. to where if there was, you know, when he was the champion, what's the house tonight? Oh, it's, you know, 100 grand. What was it last time? 102 grand. He would, he would take great... Uh, um, he, he took the responsibility responsibility that the house yeah. had gone down 2000 and, and, and he would think it was his it fault it was his fault yeah you know I'm Absolutely. working on top and it's like it's not how it works for him that's how it worked yeah. you know was he like that with a lot of different things oh absolutely yeah. you know and there was many sides to Eddie I mean he was sentimental you know he was very yeah. you know took things to you know he would you know see a person that was you know homeless and mm. he would just want to take him and take care of him yeah you know and there of course there's a funny guy and then there was the mm -hmm. work eddie you know and then there was the dad mm. who was just like this amazing man tell us about eddie as a dad 
Um, he was a kid. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't just to go get Shaw, you know, some crayons for a school project. They went and came back with tin toys, you know, and <laughs> forget the project. Yeah. You know, Vicky, you can take care of the project when I leave, but we're going to go have fun right now. Yeah. And I'd be like, this is not parenting, Eddie. <laughs> like, this is not what, we're, what we signed up for. <laughs> but he, he just wanted to spoil the girls whenever, you know, he came home. And um, it was something that the girls played that game. You know, they knew that when dad came home, it was fun time yeah. because mom is the, the soldier that, you know, keeps everything in order with all the schedules and, yeah. you know, punctual. And Eddie was never punctual. He's Mexican. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if I depended on him to take the girls to school, I just call the teacher. They're going to be late. Yeah. Just let you know. But then I got smart and started telling Eddie if the girls had to be at school at four in the afternoon, I'd tell them at three. Mm-hmm. And then he get, he goes, babe, I'm sorry. I got them there at four. We're good. It's okay. <laughs> You're not mad? No, babe. We're good. <laughs> you never smart. figured that out, right? I yeah. got smart to it. <laughs> but he was a, a great dad. Yeah. And, you know, it's always sad for the girls not to be able to share him now, mm-hmm. you know, because I think these are the such more important years because mm-hmm. they're, they're out in the world and they're just, they're growing up. and They're young adults now. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and and Shaw's like, gosh, I don't know how Dad would take with me getting married. I'm like, maybe it's a good thing that he's not around. <laughs> getting married to a wrestler. <laughs> I know. Right? I would love to see that conversation go down. <laughs> how do you think he would have felt when Shaw was trying to get into the business? Um, I think he would have had a lot of reservations. Yeah. Okay. Because he never wanted, you know, because Shaw and, and Sherilyn loved when they were in the ring, mm. you know, performing with Eddie and being out there. I mean, they would come home going, oh, I got to call my friends, you know, I'm going be a superstar and you know i'm yeah. on tv and he's like don't think about it he goes it's school you have to go to school first mm-hmm. and then we'll think about this in 20 years so yeah i i'm sure that with shaw it would have been really hard but then at the same time he would have been a great you know um teacher for her too to show her the psychology like and, once and he got her. over it if he really knew she wanted to do it he'd say okay yeah. Here we go. You want to learn it? This is what we're going to do. And I think it would have been it would have been great, you know, because she would have just, you know, to have a teacher like Eddie would have been so priceless. Oh yeah. You know, but Shaw's just like Eddie, so I think they would have butted heads a lot, mm-hmm. you know, because they're exactly alike. <laughs> so, Stubborn. Oh, that's not even a word. Stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it would have been interesting to sit back and see how that would have. You know, you, you mentioned you know Eddie, and uh, he was a very influential guy in this locker room i mean actually something to this day that i remember every day when i go out for dinner which in this job is three times a day is always tip 20 percent because i remember we went somewhere um where whatever the tip was it was 10 bucks i gave like you know two bucks he's like what are you giving two bucks for or one buck or what he's like give him two bucks give him three bucks give him four bucks because what's four bucks to you I said nothing because to them it could mean like making their rent or whatever this is what they do so i always over tip and that's specifically because of Eddie. And that's the compassionate Eddie. Yeah. I mean, he, he always took care of anyone that was in front of him. Yeah. You know, and also, too, he was a guy, and especially in this company, in this job, you know, that, you know, not so, so much religion, but, but God and Christianity, it's not something that's wildly, widely talked about right. or, or accepted within the locker room. But Eddie was a guy... <laughs> that people would go to him to ask questions about God and about the Bible. Now, he never pushed it in anybody's face, mm-hmm. but he'd sit, like, especially the last couple of years, he'd always sit and read his Bible and go through the Bible. And I remember guys, even guys like Big Show, would go, I would go ask Eddie a question about this or that. He became like kind of the wise, like spiritual guy. Yeah, like clergyman. Yeah, yeah. that people would go talk to 
um, if they were having issues and knew that Eddie could give them, uh, maybe not the answer, but give them some advice on something he'd been reading. Right, or his testimony. Yeah. Yeah, he was, his faith was very important to him. He taught, Eddie taught me when we were getting uh, married, you know, to uh, start going to church, mm-hmm. you know, and he, he showed me Christ. I mean, I didn't know Christ before him, mm. you know, so Eddie was a very big influence on me, you know, as far as like finding my faith and, and believing in God for everything I do, mm-hmm. you know, is, is for the good of God. Yeah. You know, so Eddie was just, well, you know, you had his Bible for a while. I did, yeah. You know, and that was something. He had, he had so many notes in, in, written, and that's what I read, is, is his notes and his thoughts. The underlining. Yes, underlining. It was real heavy stuff, especially to read that after he'd passed away. Oh, my god! And it took me a while, because you gave it to me. It took me about a year to, to be able to read it, yeah. for whatever that is, you know? Yeah. You know, I still can't read his book that he wrote. Oh, his, uh, his WWE book? Yeah. You know, and I, I was there when he was writing it. But, you know, mm. you enjoy it because he was there. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, talk about that story. You yeah, know, yeah, or yeah. talk about this. You know, but I still can't read through the whole book. Mm. And I still have it, you know, in my office. Yeah. And it's like, it's just too, maybe it hurts because mm-hmm. he's not here. It's, you know, it's, so too, it's yeah. a hard reminder. It's too close, yeah. Yeah. You know, he... um Another thing, too, especially in this company, because Eddie was not uh, tall stature-wise, and you know the, w- <laughs> the WWE is, is, is a big-man company. Yeah. But he came in here as one of the radicals, and I think when they came in, probably maybe Chris was the one that they were looking to be the guy, but it wasn't long before Eddie became the guy. And I remember Brian Gewertz told me, like, Eddie's the guy that everyone likes because he's got the character and the personality. Like, right off the bat, he embraced that Latino Heat character. Yeah. He had that confidence right away. And he'd never shown that sort of personality before. That's true. You know, and the vignettes that he thought of, you know, like, you know, they did the stuff with Chavito, you know, with the, the low rider and, you know, with picking up the girls, you know, from the house. And the, <laughs> yeah. the tennis guys are there in their little outfits. That's Eddie in yeah. real life. You know, right. like he would find a joke in anywhere he went. Like, you know, make a joke about someone. I'm like, what do you think of that at? But, you know, that's just like, that's just being the, the Mexican guy. Yeah. It's always causing trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he loved doing that in the ring. That was just like second nature for him. And then he was able to build up to, to winning the world title uh, from Brock Lesnar in San Francisco, which is one of the best matches of all time and one of the greatest reactions of all time. Were you there that night? No, I had the girls had school and uh, they, they couldn't miss, which, you know, I yes. mean, it's hard, you know, because, you know, I had to be home, you yeah. know, and but to watch it, you know, his mom. Did he tell there. you? Did you know what was going on? Um, I, I had a hunch. Yeah. That, you know, because, you know, how things kind of, you know, how mm-hmm. he talks, but I didn't know the outcome so much. Um, of course, during the match, you don't, you kind of question yourself like, well, maybe, you know, maybe he's not going to get it, yeah. you know, but um, to see that, you know, he was, he didn't talk to me like probably for two days before that match. He was just so focused and so just didn't it. want direct, you know, distractions. He'd call me and say, kids good, the kids good, you know, you good, you know, everything's okay. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, just kind of being myself. I'm like, all right, do what you got to do. Yeah. You know, but, um, yeah, that was quite a night for him. And I, I'm sad I wasn't there, mm-hmm. but his mom was there and, um, Mondo was there too. Yeah. So that was, you know, I, I was glad he had his family. How did he, uh, talk about that afterwards? Did he, did, it would seem to me that Eddie would probably come home and it was just another day at work or did he ever allow you like, we did it, babe, or anything like that? <laughs> I, well, he called me afterwards, you know, which was nice, yeah. you know, and they filmed it, you know, oh, okay. and, and I didn't know they were filming him, uh-huh. you know? So I was like, man, I, was so, I can't wait to just, you know, grab you. And he's like, oh, were they filming us right now? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't care. <laughs> but yeah, it was a happy house that night. Yeah. And the kids, I let them stay up and watch it, and we were, we were cheering him on. But, you know, he was uh, the underdog, you know, so he... Absolutely. A, a lot of people didn't... Thought it was kind of a joke. It was even... Oh, really? That he yeah. won? Yeah, because, you know, here's Brock Lesnar. Yeah. You know, here's this, you know, huge guy, you know, and even Eddie was kind of, you know... You know, just wondering, well, I don't know what they're going to do with this, you know. But, but Eddie, Eddie, Eddie worked a lot bigger. You know, he, he, he was 5'8 or whatever, but worked like he was 6'8. Like he yeah. worked hard and you had to keep up with him. So it was believable. That's you know, true. Yeah, he it, had a lot of confidence. Yeah. And he liked the challenge. Yeah. I think he did. He liked to be the, you know, the pollito legs, you know, the chicken legs that walk in with this big guy that's like huge, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, so he, he liked to prove everyone wrong, that he could make a difference. That's what Hattori, the uh, Japanese referee, called him. He calls him Mexican <laughs> flamingo. Yeah. That's what he called him. Big upper body flamingo legs. <laughs> Skinny leg. <laughs> and he was the, you know, this is going to be kind of funny, but, you know, he always prided himself on the cricket sounds in the, in the, in the cricket. guy's locker The room. famous cricket. So yeah. did, when were you introduced to the cricket, the actual oh, cricket was, sounds? It was, uh, probably we started dating. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny because Eddie used to uh, collect Sikorsky crystal for me. Uh-huh. And he got me a cricket for my collection. He goes, now you're going to always be reminded of me. And I'm like, thanks, babe. Yeah, Eddie would take his... Uh, his, uh, low, uh, his <laughs> appendage in the lower abdominal area and slap it against his uh, thigh, which would make a sound like, and that was the cricket. <laughs> I forgot I'm about so that. proud of that. <laughs> he loved the cricket. Yeah. So every time I, I have my collection, every time I see it, I just, I laugh, you know, because that was his pride and joy was the cricket sound. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and see, and that's the funny thing. Like when we came up together uh, in, in, ECW, and then into WCW. It was kind of like the four guys. Yeah. They well, called guys us the click. New Japan Four. Yeah, yeah, our little clique was me and Chris and Eddie and Dean. And um, because we came through the business together and then traveled together, and then Chavo came in with us, Chavito came in with us. That was so long ago. I know, so long ago. We're old. <laughs> We've just been doing We're this old. for a long time, <laughs> long time. Um, and talking about this, I mean, Chris and Eddie were very close. Very, very, very close to the point where, like, whenever we traveled, Chris and Eddie would be like looking at snacks in a gas station to see what the trans fat was and what the sugar was. And me and Dean would just buy it. And one time we were like, we tried to look at it and we looked at each other and started laughing, like, what are we doing? So they would be the guys that would get up at seven and go to the gym and have breakfast and then have nothing to do from nine until four, where me and Dean would be like, let's just sleep until noon. And so there was two shifts going on, but Chris and Eddie were the team. And They're damn egg whites and egg no, whites and, no butter. And, and, and we always laugh because Eddie would say chicken breast and he would always motion like, can I get a chicken breast and make, make a, a shape of a chicken breast with his hands? Like you have to explain. Can I get a chicken breast, please, with no oil and no, no grease? Skin. No skin. Yeah, like no nothing. Um, and then, you know, WrestleMania, I think it was 20 or something where Chris and Eddie are in the ring together. They're the two champions. It was such that. poetic justice. How 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 hard did it hit Chris when Eddie passed away? Um, it was very hard because you know me and Nancy were really good friends. Yeah, that's right too. So we we talked quite a bit on the mm-hmm. phone, and, and when you know Nancy stayed with me probably two weeks after Eddie passed away, and then Chris would come. Uh, y'all were on the road. Yeah, he had to go. So to Europe, he right. would come and see her, and then go back again, and she stayed with me. Um, so through her, you know, I know that he just lost like his brother. Yeah, you know, it, it affected him a lot to the point where. 
you know, you start questioning, you know, is he okay? Mm-hmm. You know, because she saw, you know, a lot of emotional changes going on with him. And, you know, they were like glue. Yeah. You know, and so, and Chris, you know, I remember, you know, when he went into, you know, our house, you know, in Phoenix, you know, with the funeral. And um, he couldn't even, I mean, he went to the, our bed and just cried. Yeah. You know, like a, like a little kid. And that's when I knew, I was like, this is going to be hard. When I saw him at Eddie's funeral, he came and, and gave me a hug that I'd never felt in my life where almost, it almost hurt me. It was like the hardest hug I've ever felt. Like almost like, oh, yeah. and uncontrollable crying. And he, but he kept saying that like he was a pallbearer, but I was not like, and he was so angry that I wasn't asked to be a pallbearer for some reason. And he gave me a rose that I guess the pallbearers put roses in the, in the, on top of the casket. And he said, you need this rose. Like he just had to give me this rose. But I felt that Chris was never the same after Eddie passed away. No, he wasn't. You know, because he had lost Johnny Grunge. He lost Ray Trailer. He lost yeah. Black, Black Cat. Yeah. We all love Black that Cat. That was a hard one. And then Eddie was, was the one. So, you know, for, for, I, I have to believe that that was one of the catalysts that unraveled him. Right, because um, I know, you know, they, they fought a lot. You know, Nancy would call me and, you know, they would be fighting, mm-hmm. you know. And, of course, I think, you know, that's marriage, you know. Sure. You know, you're going to be okay, you know. But when things ended up the way they did, I just kind of went, oh, my gosh. You know, mm-hmm. I wonder if that was just like the catalyst that, you know, that just was he couldn't do it anymore. The straw that broke the camel's back. Right. You know? But, she, you know, he was isolating himself a lot. And, you know, and it, that's hard. You know, it's hard to see that because I worked with him. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and to hear her conversations and, and then to see him at work, I was I was like the middleman. You know, I, I wanted to reach out and just tell him, you know, yeah. talk to me, you right. know, and he'd be so quiet, mm-hmm. you know, and just Because he always was so, quiet, oh but then he just gosh. became very quiet. Yeah, and Nancy was like, you know, the wild one, you know, mm-hmm. and laughing and screaming, you know, and holding the conversations, you know. So I, I, I wonder if that's, you know... You know, just, you know, because of Eddie, you know, passing away, if that was just where Chris didn't want to be here anymore either. Well, they also, too, like over the last seven or eight years, have really done a lot of concussion research mm-hmm. where it gives you those, you know, Chris Nowinski actually has created the Sports mm-hmm. Legacy Institute. And I had him on this show to talk about that, how it affects you, you become, you get dementia, you start losing your mind. I'm wondering if he had a really bad concussion that caused him to start seeing things or hearing things. You know, we'll, we'll never know. Right. Bottom, bottom line is we lose another couple of great friends, you know, and, right. and you were still friends with Nancy. Yes. Right. Towards I talked to her that week. Wow. That she passed away. Unbelievable. And Chavita was there too. The same yeah. week. Yeah. You know, so we always kept in touch, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, it's sad, you know, because, you know, and I, you think about, you talk about concussions, you know, I saw Eddie have headaches all the time. Yeah. You know, you, you, you're living this, these injuries with, you know, with your husbands, mm-hmm. you know, and you see how they hurt and, you know, you see the effects after, you know, all these chair shots and stuff. And you're thinking, yeah, that's, that's a great possibility of, you know, what could have happened, you it's, know, to Chris, you know. If Eddie was going through it, why would not he be going through it too? Mm-hmm. You know, and they mm-hmm. took a lot of chairs. You guys, we did. They we did chair just, shots all year. We used long. to just take them with our heads. Yeah, just take it. Like ah, just be tough. Like how stupid is that? 
but that's just how it was. That's, that's how we did it. That's, you guys gave 100%. Yeah, that's how we came up. nothing less that you know, was expected from you. And you guys put all your heart into it. Yeah. You know, so for Eddie to you know, want to do that, as a wife, you just say, you just pray for them and just mm-hmm. say, okay, babe, go have a good match and be careful. Yeah. You know, that's all you can do because this business was their, was their heart. Yeah. It, it was, that's all that, all that any of us really knew how to do. Cause we started at such a young age yeah. and came through the system by having to go overseas and being smaller guys too. That's why we always got along because all four of us were never supposed to make it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We're like this click that, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I've seen, I remember seeing you guys grow, you know, mm-hmm. as, as the, like the four amigos, you know, yeah. just kind of went from plate in Mexico and then, you know, to WCW and ECW and now, yep. you know, to WCW. Japan. Yeah, yeah. In Japan. I called Eddie and I was the greatest tag team that never was because they stuck us together for about six weeks. And that was it. And that was it. We were A and way. Yeah. You know, and I, Eddie always talked about, you know, they wondered why, you know, you guys didn't, you know, yeah. get to do more. Yeah. But it's... It, it was, we had, because we had similar similar personalities, similar work styles. And it's funny, when Eddie came here, because he called me a lot before he made the jump to the WWE, because I was, the show was first, but I was second. I was the first of our guys to go. And um, he was a little worried, but, but he knew he had to go. And he was like, I'm going, whether Chris and... Dean decided to go or not. I mean, sure, you probably knew that. Yeah. You know, but um, it was either fight or flight. You know, I mean, it's either, right. you know, it's, it, I told him, you don't take this chance, you'll never know how it's going to be. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's scary. You're oh, like, especially for you as a mom yeah. with two kids, you know. Yeah. Should I be pulling out our uh, savings right now? <laughs> <laughs> but when he came here, we never, we only worked very briefly, very, very briefly. So I never hardly ever worked with Eddie in, in, yeah. in WWE, which is kind of a drag because, you know, I wish I would have. But, but you did great your comics. own great thing. Too. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, Eddie was just such a, a big fan. He, like, I'm so proud. I mean, he yeah. was just so proud of everyone that was just, you know, doing you know, their own thing and making it on their own. Like he, it was a good place, you know, for him to see everyone be okay. That's right. Yeah. What do you miss most about Eddie? Um, his laugh. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I can still think, remember that too. It's, <laughs> you know, pranks. Yeah. You know, being stupid, you know, around, around me. <laughs> yeah. I'll never forget. This is such a dumb thing. I'll share it with you. We were driving in a car and he always got mad at me because I never rented the right car. It was too small or too short or whatever. And one day we were driving and we just had some kind of stupid fight. And he had a water bottle like, and he had unscrewed the cap. And then he put it on like a monocle and just looked at me like this. Like just I'm looking at Vicky right now with this water bottle cap. And it's like he just stared at me. And like I don't know why we started laughing. But we were just like we're so bored and so tired and so sick of each other. I'm just going to make a plastic monocle and look at you. And it's like, you know, it's like, I always remember that for some reason, Yeah. Uh, why you think of those things, but, I know, um, yeah. <laughs> what many long nights together. Yeah. Oh Gosh. yeah. All of us did. What's your, uh, the biggest thing you miss about being in the WWE? Um, I, let's see, I probably miss, um, performing inside the ring. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a high that no one yeah. can take away from you. Yeah. You know, from, aside from all the, the BS backstage and, who's doing what, you know, to who or what's going on. When I hit inside that ring, nothing else mattered. Yeah. You know, it was my promo. It was my, you know, three minutes to do what I I had to do for that whole day I waited to do. Mm -hmm. And that was the greatest thing I could feel. 
you right. know. And I, I probably miss driving with Serona because she was my bud. You know, we traveled for Serona's ta- Tamina. Yeah, t- Tamina. Or Tamina, yeah. sorry. And so, like for a year and a half, we became really good friends. And I still talk to her. Like every Sunday, we talk. Oh, you know, cool. that's like our, you know, our our thing. But I, I miss her a lot. You know, and I'm in, inside the ring. Yeah. You know? And then you, of course, catering, you see everybody and you be stupid. And yeah. I was always like the funny one. I just say stupid jokes or, you know, make people laugh. And yeah. That, that, you, you always have a good family. disposition, always happy, you know? Yeah. And, I, you know, all the stuff that I've gone through in my life, you know, it's what you make out of it that's mm-hmm. going to count. You know, you can have a good day or a bad day. And, of course, you know, you know, by traveling and, you know, your flight cancels and you still got to end up driving, you know, the six hours to get to the show. I'm alive yeah. and I was healthy and I, I, I was able to afford to get a car and I was able to get food on the way and, yeah. and, and I made it safe. Right. Thank you God, because I have a job to go to. Yeah. And with that, you know, what could be, what could be bad about that? I remember the last, actually the last time I ever saw Eddie was when we were, Jessica and I and you and Eddie were flying to Washington DC for a pay-per-view. I remember the oh flight got canceled. Yes. So we were just going to stay at the, Tampa. The, Tampa and we just stayed at the Marriott hotel and you guys were going to drive home. We were just like, just stay at the Marriott hotel yeah. and just fly out in the morning. And I just remember we hung out and then Eddie was reading me Bible quotes from the chair. And that's, that's actually the last time I ever saw him was with, yeah. was with you. Wow. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I love Facebook cause you know, Jessica, she's such a great inspiration. Like, uh, you know, I see her with the kids and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I remember those days. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's good because you can still connect with people, yeah. you know, and you know, cause everyone's a family, mm-hmm. you know, and even though you're working, you know, me and me and Jessica, you know, we're moms mm-hmm. and you know, we, wrestling wives, we share the <laughs> same, you know, ups and downs and, yeah. you know, to be able to, you know, put stupid, you know, crap on Facebook and laugh about it, you know, those are good times, yes. and, you know, and to know that even though I'm gone, that I still see Keeps my family. that connection. Yeah. You know, what's funny is yesterday I was talking to, um, to Lana and she was mentioning that you, that you were coming today. She knew you were coming. I guess like you and her get along really well. Yeah. And you have a lot of influence with a lot of the divas and over the years that you, you would give them advice or I, help them along or whatever it would be like the house yeah. mother. Um, some divas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some of them. Um, Lana is always impressed me mm-hmm. i love her confidence and she's beautiful yeah and for the role that she took with rusev you know mm-hmm. into um she was doing practically almost what i was doing yeah you know, the the manager with the promos and similar type of heat too absolutely. she starts talking people are like Ooh. yeah you know and and to get to know her and you know into uh i think the first time we really got started talking was um last wrestlemania and it was you know we're at the party and just dancing and you know and we got really close and um, to meet her family, you know, she inspires me. And mm-hmm. I told her, I said, it's time for you to take it now, yeah. you know, and, and go have fun. Yeah. And, you know, we, we text every once in a while, I'll see the show and I'll be like, great job. She goes, <laughs> oh my God, you know, this and that. And I'll be like, it's, it's another night time to look for the next night. Do you still, do you still watch sometimes? I do sometimes mm-hmm. I have school at night, so it, it is hard to, you know, be able to, you know, watch the whole show. It's right. three hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, you know, because I get off work at, you know, five and mm-hmm. have dinner and it's time for school. So I'm pretty devoted in, in my schedules. Um, but, you know, the, thank God for, like, YouTube and, yeah. you know, you stuff watch, that you can yeah. always, you know, the WWE yeah. Network. Yeah. You know, which is free. <laughs> Only <now>. 9 99 <laughs> Free or whatever. Yeah. So last question. What is your, uh, if you had to pick, like, your favorite moment that of something you were involved in or favorite angle or favorite person to work with could you pick one um i think the one that always stands out is probably uh the rock 
What, what, what happened? Was when he sang to me, um, <laughs> uh, Biatch, you look horrible tonight. It was uh, that song where I thought he was going to Biatch, you look horrible tonight. Yeah, I was, I'm not going to sing it, but I'm sure you could YouTube it. But, um, he, he I forgot was, that one. Yeah, he was a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, but everyone has just been so much fun to work mm-hmm. with. And, you know, Edge and, uh, you know, Dolph. Dolph was just a sweetheart. I Amazing, mean, yeah. he was just like the crack up out there. Like I could always have a laugh every night when we were out there. It could be the most serious stuff he was going through, you yeah. know, a ladder match or whatever. And he was still like, hey, do I look nice tonight? And I'm like, whatever, Dolph. You know, <laughs> he's always putting himself over. But it was a fun. It was always yeah. fun with him. We just uh, showed a clip. I had a highlight reel a couple months ago. And we showed the clip of you throwing Stephanie into I saw that originally one. what was supposed to be <laughs> poop. poop and now has been changed to chocolatey substance or something. <laughs> a lot of people say diarrhea. I'm like, whatever you want to think of it. Yeah. That was your, uh, your big revenge and your, and your, your last appearance as well, yeah. right? You know, for Stephanie to do that for me, you know, yeah. to give me the chance to throw her in, um, I was honored. Yeah. Because you don't get that. No. Very often. Yeah. You know, and that's for, the queen. Yeah. yeah, you know, and Steffi's like, okay, well, we're going to turn around and now you're going to push me. And I'm like, really? Yeah. And then, you know, when she was in a dress, I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is going to be horrible. But she was, she was so much fun. And then she threw up on me the week before, you know, in the bathroom. And I'm just like, okay, I guess I deserve leaving. Uh, yeah, this is going to all come The to ups and downs of WWE <laughs> just never know what's going to happen, right? <laughs> yeah, but I, I was honored by that. And for them to yeah. let me go out on Eddie's music, that was... Yeah. I, I still get touched when I see that, yeah. you know, but it's, uh, it's been a really good ride. It sure has. Yeah. And it's been great talking to you, Vicky. Thank I'm so you, glad. Thank you, Chris. I'm glad I get to do this. I know. <laughs> we Finally, I right? I know yeah. there's probably a dozen people that want to see you, so I don't want, oh. I don't want to hog you, but thank you. Thank you thank so you. much. I, I wish you the best, and I'm proud of you. Thanks to my friend, such a sweet, sweet lady, Vicky Guerrero. Been through a lot in her life, but as you can hear, still humble, still God-fearing, still amazing, even post-WWE. Good luck to Vicky. We're so glad you did the show. And I'm so glad to uh, tell you guys my new Comedy Central web series, Nothing to Report, debuts April 13th. I'm going to have the guys from that show on the podcast, the creators, Team Tiger Awesome, Nick Mundy, Clint Gage, Michael Truly. We're going to be talking all things Nothing to Report next week. Also talking about all things Fozzie. Go to FozzieRock.com. You can see all the stuff coming up. April 24th, playing 37 Main in Atlanta, Johns Creek. April 25th, Fozzie in Jacksonville doing the Welcome to Rockville Festival again for the second year in a row. May 18th through the 24th was Slash, Chicago, Austin, Houston, Dallas. October 30th, the Kiss Cruise. That's Kiss Cruise with a K. Fozzie invited to join the Kiss Cruise 5. We're so excited. Lots of big gigs coming up. FozzyRock.com for all ticket information and VIP information. Don't miss any of these shows. Slash and Kiss. Are you kidding me? My my high school Chris is flipping out. Uh, also going to be flipping out April 19th to be doing SuperMegaFest.com in Marlboro, Massachusetts. Very excited about that. Signing on the Sunday only. Come on down and check that out. SuperMegaFest.com in Marlboro, Massachusetts, April 19th. Ah, man. Tons of stuff going on. Great guests coming up next week. I'm going to tell you who some of them are. Uh, Thank you 
for being here with me. Thank you for listening. Thanks for checking out the sponsors like MeUndies.com, DDP Yoga, DraftKings, Advanced Auto Parts, and of course, Amazon. You go to podcastone.com. You click on the Keep Our Podcast Free right at the top of the page. You click on Talk is Jericho. Use those Amazon links. You buy anything you want. And remember, you're helping out this show in the process. There's no extra fees or hidden challenges. You're just helping me out, all right? You take care of me. I take care of you. You know your boy's working hard. He's worth a deuce. That's right. And on Friday... I got somebody worth a deuce. You like The Walking Dead? How about the hottest show on television? How about Josh McDermott? Yeah, Eugene. He's going to be on this show. How cool is it? Not only do I have Vicky Guerrero on a Wednesday, I got Josh McDermott from the hottest show on television, Walking Dead. I mean, come on. That is a great, great week of stuff. I gave you John Cena on Monday. I am working hard for you, man. Working hard for you. And that's all I want to do. I'm happy to be here. And we'll see you next week. In the meantime and in between time, stay cool, stay hungry, and stay yeah, boy. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. 